0: Hey, miserable bitches, we are back with another episode of Misery Manor. My name is Cody. My name is Emily. And before we get started, make sure you leave your manners at the door. <laughs> I
1: choked on my
2: water. I couldn't <laughs> swallow and I had to get a little
1: bit and then
2: I
0: choked on it. Between Autumn farting on the last episode and you choking, honey, I we know. are full of noises, honey. We're back. We are back, but back, but back, back. Emily has been such a busy bee at work so we are so glad to have her in the house. Are we? Cue the claps. Clap, clap,
2: clap, I wish cheer. we had that soundboard. I ready know. Did. That's what I was picturing.
0: But we can never figure out how to do that because Neither of us are technical at all.
2: Well, that was when we had the soundboard.
0: Yeah, that's what I said. But remember, we couldn't get it to work.
2: But couldn't we just, like, set it on the side and play it?
0: We tried, and it would not play on the episode. Like, we could hear, but it wouldn't translate over on this. Oh. Remember, it had, like, the...
2: Yeah, but, like, what if we just, like, turned it on right now and did it? Like, it wasn't hooked up. It wasn't? No, what if we did it and it wasn't hooked
0: up? I have no clue.
2: Okay
0: anyways um hi everybody um do you have anything cool to say
2: not really (laughs) (laughs) my life's just the same you know
0: the same old same old guys we're gonna get into this episode kind of early i don't really have much to talk about but for all of you new patreons we'll be sending your stuff out um maybe this weekend or early next week i have some cool um what do you call those
2: patches patches that you iron iron on
0: on patches that are true crime horror themes. so if you want to be a patreon the link is in our bio we would love to have you and you'll get exclusive episodes and we just uploaded a haunted dolls episode so get over there and check out the dolls honey now oh and rate review subscribe hey when you see our post on instagram go ahead and share it with everybody you know put us in your stories send us to your friend your auntie your grandma your best friend the person you hate the most um just send it to everybody please because you know the world needs a little bit more misery manner and cody and emily in their lives do you
2: think
0: i think so okay but i'm also i think everybody needs a little bit of me that's true that is very true
2: does everyone know about your
0: well hope oh yeah guys i got engaged in Mexico. Two weeks ago, right? Was that two weeks ago? Three. No, two. Was it, it
2: there? I thought Michelle's birthday was the end of February.
0: No, the end of March,
2: March 26th. Oh, I know. I meant, I meant March. <laughs> I was
0: like, um, February. That was more than a couple weeks ago. Got engaged. Josh dropped down on his knees. It was funny because they were like, go take a picture on the beach. And I was like, I don't want to. It's so windy and so sandy. So we took a picture and I was like, look, this will be our cute picture. And he's like, but I really want one on the beach. And I'm like, okay. So I get out there and they're like, take a picture. So everybody has their phone and they're taking a picture. Right. And he gets down and I'm like, what are you doing? Get up. Like, we're taking a picture. And then he pulled out the ring and I was like, this is a joke. That's the first thing I said. I said, this is a joke. He goes, no, it's not. And then I looked around and everybody was videoing it. And I'm I, said, crying. I said, oh, shit, this is not a joke at all. And then the first thing out of my mouth was, does my mom know?
2: Uh,
0: no. <laughs> he was like, yes, I already talked to your mother. So they had been, him and Kyla had been planning it. Yeah. And then... Obviously, he got permission from Michelle because it's her birthday. Oh, yeah. and that's another thing. I said, I go, not on Michelle's birthday. Yeah. And she was like, no, we already talked about this. So they had already planned yeah, it all out. Yeah, which
2: makes it super special.
0: Yeah, because I was like, oh, my God, not on. You're sp- still in the spotlight from Michelle. But, no, she was the first one I saw a video in it. So it, yeah. was, it worked out perfect. Okay. So, yeah. I'm going to the chapel. And- You're not getting
2: married in a chapel.
0: How do you know? I am a Christian woman, honey.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: get your tux ready i know i'm good not the tux.
2: i told you put me put me on the end cut me out
0: no uh <laughs> no baby you're gonna be front and center with a speech we're gonna so, do a we're actually gonna do a misery manner episode at the wedding Hell no you're not. <laughs> no but almost said thank you everybody
2: <laughs> <laughs> when are we gonna go tuck shopping
0: i think i might wear a dress Oh, okay girl i'm kidding i don't know I want to get through the bachelor party first.
2: Oh, God.
0: And I don't know where we're going, but it's going to be affordable. Don't worry.
2: I thought we were going to Mexico.
0: Or I know, the Bahamas. I'm his
2: poor friend. Or
0: the Bahamas.
2: Ooh, Bahama Mama. Bahama
0: Mama on the Llama Tama.
2: That would be fun. That
0: would ride in Bahamas
2: is beautiful. It
0: is. Or Costa Rica. Ooh,
2: they have the best coffee. If you have
0: any recommendations, <laughs> going to Costa Rica for coffee. <laughs> if y'all have any recommendations, let me know. All right, you ready to get into some true crime?
1: Yeah.
0: All right, so on today's episode of Misery Manor, we are going to be discussing Zachary Davis, whose crimes took place when he was only 15 years old. Oh. So this behavior did not just come out of the blue one day. Zachary had a history of mental illness, but no one could have predicted that he would become a murderer.
2: What time frame are we talking? Like, 90s? So August 10th,
0: 2012, Ooh. 15-year-old Zachary Davis, in an outburst of fury and madness, murdered his mother with a sledgehammer. And he wasn't done there. Zachary then attempted to burn his house down while his older brother was inside sleeping. So the courts went back and forth having a heated debate as to whether the young man was deeply mentally disturbed or just pure evil. So let's get into the details of this case and you can decide for yourself.
2: Okay? Okay.
0: So Zachary was qu- a quiet boy growing up who very obviously had a history of mental illness of some sort, right? Like there was little clues along the way that okay. his mother was like, eh.
2: What about like, is there like another dad or mom? In so there?
0: Zachary, Chris, so Chris was Zachary's father's name. He suffered from um, ALS or Lou Gehrig's okay. disease, which is for those of you who don't know, is a nervous system disease that weakens muscles and impacts physical function. So it's very, very, very painful. In this disease uh nerve cells break down which reduces functionality in the muscles they supply um crazy thing is like even till today the cause of this is unknown so you basically are just in constant pain so zachary had to watch his father suffer from this disease growing up and it took a major major toll on him so sadly in 2007 his father passed away from this disease so zachary was devastated beyond measure obviously and at just nine years old So that's when it happened. Zachary kind of went into a tailspin, right? So Mm. since his father died, he was just devastated. They had a very close relationship. So after seeing Zachary's regressing, that's the word, right? Okay. Uh, Gail Cron, who is Zach's paternal grandmother, said Zach was quickly taken to see Dr. Bradley Freeman at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center. So after visiting and studying Zach for quite some time, the psychiatrist noticed that Zach certainly did suffer from some sort of mental defect, but he could not quite put his finger on exactly what it could be.
2: That's pretty, like, so his mo- his dad's mother, mother, who just lost her son, right. is, like, still, like, caregiving. And oh, like-
0: and she's going to come play, like, a kind of a big role in the court system, so I'll get to that, too. Okay. So Zachary um, told the psychiatrist that he could hear voices of all sorts. good evil, bad, scary, everything. So because of this confession, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and depressive disorder.
2: Schizophrenia that early?
0: Right. Isn't it usually
2: like in their like early 20s?
0: I think it takes a while to, I think to give it a diagnosis, it takes a while. Yeah, I thought so too. But I feel like in the past cases that we've done, they throw that disease out for any kids that have any sort of like, Yeah. remember like Mary Bell and all those people, they're like, oh, she's schizophrenic or I don't know.
2: Oh, I'm like, all oh, the witch. No, that, never mind. They just thought they were a witch. Never mind. They probably <laughs> had that. Right.
0: Mm-mm. So although Zachary was normally quiet and reserved, after his father passed away, Zachary was becoming even more withdrawn and a recluse, and his family was coming very worried.
2: And what, he's in middle school?
0: He's nine at oh, this point. Okay. So Zachary kept hearing these voices over and over and over again to the point where he started to recognize one of the voices, so he said. In one of his four sessions, Dr. Freeman, with Dr. Freeman, Zachary told him that he was now hearing the voice of his father speak to him and guide him in his daily activities.
2: Okay.
0: Now, this might sound strange to many people. However, psychologists took this information and recognized that experiencing a deep depression like the one that Zachary had... Um, particularly at this young age, this was completely normal and sometimes a coping mechanism for the yeah. kids. So they're grabbing on to the whatever's left of the father and they're it's, taking something so small and making it seem like, oh, I can hear my father. It's a like helping it's his way of grieving. Right. And it's his way of getting through it. So okay. they, he was like, don't worry, this is completely well, normal. like how people
2: are like, oh, there's a butterfly, that's my mom. Right, like, and it
0: makes them feel better, right? Yeah. So just like that, that it's- That
2: a... makes sense to me. It's the other voices that are scaring me.
0: Right, like a- So yeah. if any of you have lost a loved one, you know that there's typically three common phases to the grieving process. So they say, while Zachary did go through the first two phase, which is numbness and depression, he did not make it to the third and probably the most important, um, which is recovery. So the reason might surprise you, though, his own mother pulled him out of therapy shortly after he had begun. So I believe he had like four to five sessions in all. And this was very unfortunate because he was healing and on the right track. The doctor's like he's making great progress. And then all of a sudden she pulled him out. So I want to point out that this decision to take Zachary out of therapy was not a family decision like a group there, a group decision it was just his mother in fact his grandmother said at his trial that if Zachary had received the proper medical attention he required and so desperately needed that quote this would have never happened
2: do you think she just didn't want to see someone so like her son suffer like she thought he was like suffering or like, I think I'm about to, I'm
0: about to get into what happened so zach with zachary out of therapy his mother packed all of their belongings and they moved to a completely different they moved to sumner county tennessee so i think she just wanted to get up out of there she was probably struggling on her own yeah and just was like i think we'll be better if we just pack up leave, start fresh start new
2: start her recovery
0: and ultimately just get out right that makes sense or so they thought this would be the best plan So let's get into some of the background of Zachary's family and childhood, just so you can have a better understanding of like where this is coming from. So Zachary's mom, Melanie, worked hard as a paralegal and she trained hard as a triathlete when she wasn't at work. So she was a hard worker during the day and she trained in the evenings and nights. Like me. Exactly. I was like, oh, my God, this is Emily's story. Hopefully you don't end in a sledgehammer to the head, though. So she did her best to stay busy and active to help get past her husband, Chris's death, because she was struggling too, right? Yeah. And to keep her boys happy any way she could and knew how. So unbeknownst to her, her youngest son, Zachary, was beyond her grasp. Um, the 15-year-old was an outcast among his peers and had a really, really, really hard time making friends. And when he did, he would lose those friends quickly.
2: A hard time making friends and he had to move to a whole different state. Right. That's, that's a lot.
0: So he often spoke in a very eerie whisper and would like wear the same black hoodie every single damn day to school. Unfortunately, he was the brunt of a lot of bullying in grade school. So I'm going to show a clip later, but he talks, he talks like this and this is what I'm doing. It's very creepy. So I'm not oh sure God. I could be, be...
2: Like, can you get a breath? Mask? I'm like,
0: can you not? I hate, a. Yeah. I hate a big Breath. Like bitch down.
2: And I don't want to feel it.
0: So one of his quote friends told reporters, quote, he was very, very far from normal. He would whisper every word he would speak as if trying to cover his real voice.
2: What did he do in speech class?
0: I noticed he would play on his phone a lot and never smiled. The face you see in the mugshot is the same one I saw every single day. So look up a photo of him. Zachary Davis. Type in Zachary Davis murder. And like... Again, in this interview with Dr. Phil, he keeps the same face. It's just very creepy.
2: And how old is he when he's doing... He's
0: 15. Something. and During so the he, interview with He's Dr. about Phil? 16 when he's doing the interview. Oh! He's yeah. He's
2: got a low brow.
0: Right. And very scary. So I'm going to post pictures of this guy, obviously, on our um, Instagram, which is at Misery Manner Podcast for those of you who want to look him up. And like it. And like it, baby. So... Talking about his phone, right? So he had an app on his phone that would tell him about serial killers and would inform him about their crimes, how they did it, and it would not spare any details. And he was constantly on his phone reading about these things. Now, that's not too creepy because, I mean, we share true crime articles, but he was obsessed with it. He also had another app on his phone that listed various torture devices and how they're used. And he loved it. Again, that wasn't, they wouldn't spare any detail. So remember how in middle school and high school people would like sign your books and folders like I was here chilling with Emily loving so and so do you remember that
2: I mean people did it but yeah. I, not to like
0: be. you know but all those so yeah. he would cover his notebooks with disturbing notes so he had one notebook that said quote you can't spell slaughter without laughter okay and so people would look at his notebook and be like <laughs> So All he right. enjoyed reading dark and scary books. And his favorite was the Stephen King novel, Misery.
2: Oh, there's a sledgehammer in that. I know.
0: But I was like, Misery Manor.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a good movie.
0: Right. So to top off this whole facade, uh, Zachary spent a lot of his time playing violent video games, again, that were focused around killing people. So it was not evident that he was outwardly violent until that one fateful night on August 10th, 2012. So a lot of people saw these behaviors and was like, oh, you know, he just likes his video games. But little did they know something was like brewing on the inside. Mm -hmm. So Zachary, his mother and his 16 year old brother, Josh. Wow.
2: They're close. Close
0: in age. Went to a movie together as one big old happy family.
2: What did they go see?
0: I tried to find it. I couldn't. But wouldn't it be cool if it was like Moana?
2: I know.
0: (laughs) So when they returned home, Zachary packed several items into a backpack and satchel, including things like clothing, notebooks, a toothbrush, gloves, a ski mask, and a claw hammer.
2: Can I tell you whenever I hear the word satchel, you know what I picture? What? I picture like the stick with the little like fabric on the end where like a combo would carry. Oh
0: my God. Like you see in... There's something like Peter Pan or Winnie the Pooh. Yes. Anytime they go on a hike, they have that. I'm like, nobody has that. So he has all these things in a bag. On the outside, it could seem as though Zachary was like going to run away, right? Why would
2: he need a ski mask?
0: Exactly. But on the inside, something far more sinister was about to go down. His mother, Melanie, was tired from the long day she had. So when they got back from the movies, she decided to go to sleep at 9 p.m., which all the articles were like early. I'm like, no, that's no, my bedtime.
2: <laughs> I fell asleep on this couch at like nine last night.
0: It's such a good feeling. And then you wake up like, huh? Oh. So when she was asleep, Zachary retrieved the sledgehammer. Oh, and picture this he's like peeking in her door every once in a while to make sure she's asleep.
2: Where did he get this? I don't remember the sledgehammer being in the bag.
0: No. So he packed these bags to go on the run.
2: Okay. After.
0: After. So once he was able to see that she was asleep, he retrieved a sledgehammer from the basement and entered his mother's room. He stood by her bedside and did the unimaginable. Zachary lifted the sledgehammer over his head and blunge, bludgeoned his mother over and over and over again. Eventually she just start, she started to gasp for air and ex- started to experience seizures, but that didn't stop Zachary. In all he struck her 20 times all over the chest, neck and head.
2: He's a big guy.
0: He I think he's like 6'4".
2: And he like looks like big. And like he has scary. like and
0: he has like 4 teeth. Uh -uh. Yes, in the interview, they're like black and falling out. So not that that means anything, but once she was confirmed dead, Zachary noticed that he was drenched in her blood. Like, I mean, covered in his his brother's blood. So he knew that he needed to act fast before his brother woke up.
2: That's what I'm wondering. Because
0: he wasn't done with his plan. So Zachary then closed her door to the bedroom, went to the family game room, and drenched the room in whiskey and gasoline before setting it on fire he shut the door and ran out the house. So the main reason for lighting the house on fire was not to just cover up the evidence, um, but Zachary had intended to kill his brother, Josh, as well. However, his plan completely backfired on him because Josh had or Zach had closed the door to the game room. The fire was not able to spread as quickly. Um, therefore, his older brother was awoken by the fire alarm and the smell of smoke. And he was like, what the fuck is going on? So Josh gets up out of bed, Runs to his mother because that's his first thought. But when he opened up the door, he found her completely bludgeoned to death and knew that something sinister had happened. Yes. Like,
2: as we're saying older brother, but like, keep in mind, this is a.
0: They're Irish twins, pretty much. Yeah. So he found his mother in a pool of her own blood. Luckily enough.
2: Imagine what her face looked. I'm sorry. Oh, I
0: know. Oh, I know. So luckily enough, Josh had escaped the fire and ran to a neighbor's house. And Zach was found by authorities nearly 10 miles from his home when they caught him.
2: 10 miles? 10
0: miles. So he fucking ran, honey. So he told the authorities when they were like, why did you do this? He said, quote, I didn't feel anything when I killed her, actually.
2: So is it like a matter of convenience for him to get
0: So I'm going to get into why he said he did it. So and this is going to go into the arrest and the trial. So in a videotaped confession presented as evidence to the court, Zachary Davis chillingly explained how the disembodied voice of his father told him to kill his mother. He said he heard his uh, his father saying, do it, do it. I'm like, no. "No." (laughs) So when asked by a detective in his confession if he could go back in time, would he still carry out the attack? And Zachary said, quote, yes. And I would probably kill Josh with a sledgehammer, too. So no remorse.
2: I just want to know how this kid was on Dr. Phil.
0: So he was on Dr. Phil before there was an official arrest made. So it was when the um, trial was kind of going on before the decision. So I'm going to get into that, too. So defense attorney Randy Lucas asked during the trial, quote, did he tell you to do anything specific to your mother? Zach said no. And he showed no remorse when investigators presented him with pictures of his mother's bloody soaked body in fact he he laughed wow in just a few i'm going to play a clip of zachary's interview with dr phil and you can hear just how is unremorseful a word unremorseful you know what i'm trying to say careless He is in fact there are several times throughout the interview where he laughs and dr phil's like what the fuck are you doing
2: one of the pictures if you look him up it's like a video clip and it's of him smiling
0: yeah so in one of zach's confessions he said he had laughed out loud okay in his confessions he said during the attack of his mother he actually paused and started to laugh at what his mother looked like with the sledgehammer in her face so Zachary told the court that he chose a sledgehammer as the murder weapon because, quote, I was worried that I'd miss if I used anything else. And quote. I had the highest chance of killing her with a sledgehammer. At the trial, the jury was also presented with Zachary's interview with the television personality, Dr. Phil. So Zachary's case made national attention when Dr. Phil aired a jailhouse interview with the team. Teen- oh, he's in shackles in this interview on May 22nd. In that interview, conducted two months before his trial, Zachary detailed the night he brutally killed his mother. Now here's the clip.
1: And when I arrived at the jail to interview a Zachary Davis, the guards there really didn't want to be in the same room with him. He was shackled hands and feet around his waist but they seriously didn't want to be in his physical space because they sensed such a evil energy around this individual I'm going to tell you it's you may not want to watch it so it's it's very brief but if you want to look away and just listen you can do that um i'll just tell you ahead of time did you kill your mother yeah and why did you kill her she uh, wasn't taking care of my family and so because she wasn't taking care of you and your family you decided to kill her and where did you hit her in the head where was she when you did this? She was asleep. You've got a sledgehammer in one hand, and you open that door. What's going through your head at that moment? My mind was pretty much blank. And when you swung that hammer the first time, did you swing it hard? Mm-hmm. Did she make a noise? I couldn't just hear the hammer did it sound like there was this uh wet thumping sound <laughs> and then you hit her again and again yeah you said maybe 20 times about why so many uh, i wanted to make sure she was dead did you laugh when you were hitting her yeah why did you laugh I just uh, thought she deserved it. Um, you heard him laugh. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So wow. that's Duke. disturbing. Very. So, just to summarize this interview, if you're not able to hear it, Dr. Phil asked him at one point, "Quote, why did you kill her?" And Zach said, "Quote, she wasn't taking care of my family." He laughed when he described how large and heavy the murder weapon was, and he also laughed when he described the sound the sledgehammer made when connecting with his mother's head. Mixed in with that laughter, Zachary said, quote, "It was a wet thumping sound." When Dr. Phil asked Zach why Zach hit his mother multiple times, the teen replied, quote, "I wanted to make sure she was dead." So then there was a turn of events when at one point in the trial Zachary actually... Turned shit around and tried to blame his brother on the murder after he had already confessed that he did it.
2: But he, when he was found, he was found in blood soaked clothing.
0: Yep. So this claim surprised even the defense attorney who by this time had already admittedly at, openly admitted to the court that Zachary had killed his mother. Yeah. So the defense is like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm however, sure how com- on Dr. Phil. So, however, come to find out the defense team was just trying to get more lenient sentence for Zachary. Okay. So, but the attempt to pin the crime on his brother didn't help his case at all. In fact, Judge D. David Gay said, quote, You became evil, Mr. Davis. You went to the dark side. It's that plain and that simple. The judge followed that statement by saying, Quote, the thing that bothers me is that you have shown no regrets no remorse, and murdering your own mother at only age 15. As evil and sinister as Zachary's crime might have been, there were many, many more in the courtroom that had compassion for Zachary Davis. So let's get into that. So the justice system and the 12-member jury grappled with the notion that there was no doubt that Zachary had clearly premeditated his mother's murder. However, it was also very apparent that he was deeply and mentally unwell. In a turn of events, Zachary alleged that his brother Josh, raped him when he was younger. Stop. So Zach said that he told his mother, who, quote, didn't do anything about it. So that's why he killed her,
2: ok. But that's clearly made up because but first before he said it was because she wasn't taking care of her right. Family.
0: so he's just trying to, like, do what he can to just whatever. So they're obviously not going to take that lightly. So Josh is Davis. Josh Davis denies ever sexually abusing his brother. And the court law enforcement came to the conclusion. So they did an investigation on this and they said, quote, we started a child protective team to see if that could have happened. And we did not have anything to corroborate Zach's statement. So he just threw that out there. And even his own team did not believe that at all. Yeah. So Dr. McGraw tried to show compassion towards Zachary and said to him, Quote, When I look in your eyes, I don't see evil. I see loss. Zach's paternal grandmother, again, from the beginning, mm-hmm. appealed his severe mental illness and the lack of help he received. His grandmother said sternly, quote, every teacher, every guidance counselor should have stand trial with Zach. She further said, quote, Zach is not a monster. He's a child who made a horrible, horrible mistake. So she's saying that the teachers and the guidance counselors let him down, too. But okay, it's their fault.
2: Well, that could be true that he would the system let him down. It's not a horrible mistake killing someone, like bludgeoning them and then like making sure that's the first
0: thing. A mistake is when you cheat on a... Well, that's not like,
2: oh, that's a mistake. Yeah, like, but but,
0: But, oh, I killed my mother.
2: Whoopsies. Like the way the grandmother phrased it's a little strange. Right. I mean, yeah, I think the system probably let him down too.
0: Maybe, but his own family let him down too. But also, hello.
2: How did his family let him down?
0: Well, because remember his mom pulled him out of therapy. That's a letdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So to sum it up, the grandmother believes Zachary's mother, Melanie, fell to get Zach the proper help he needed. And anytime he started to show any sort of progress, she pulled him away. She told the court that ultimately pe- Melanie paid for the mistake with her life. His grandmother told the jury, quote, I would like for Zach to not be forgotten here today like he has for so much of his life.
2: I just don't understand why she would do that and it's sad because it's like this is coming from like she's not here to explain why
0: and it sounds like right and it sounds like the grandmother has some anger towards the mother like some previous anger like i wonder if there was like some issues in the marriage i don't know right because it It sounds sounds
2: like, like to be a a caregiver is like a lot yeah So yeah, I'm just curious.
0: So Dr. Freeman, the psychiatrist who first diagnosed him, also testified in court that Zachary's quote, judgment was driven by his psychosis. And he followed up by saying that due to Zach's mental illness, he could not have possibly premeditated the murders. However, the jury and the judge did not feel the same. And after three hours of deliberating, the jury finally came to a conclusion. Zach was ultimately sentenced to one year in prison. I'm kidding. To life in prison. See, I don't know. So, a life sentence in Tennessee is a minimum of 60 years with the possibility of parole 51 years. So, to put that in perspective for you, Zachary Davis will be in his mid 60s by the time he could possibly get out of prison. So, to wrap this up
2: Wait, did they not have any expert witnesses that could, there were psychologists that could. Diagnose
0: him? So they feel like this was, the, at the end of the day, they felt like it was premeditated. Not a psycho, like not an, the jury, due the, his mental illness. The jury was not convinced that it was a, a mental, they feel like it was anger, it was rage, and it was something okay. because they even brought up the sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Like that is somebody who has anger, rage, well, deep I mean, he, in 20 times. you The know? fact
2: that he was like, I knew I wouldn't miss
0: means that you, yeah. you, Hmm. Obviously, you meant to kill her, but you went in there knowing well and and just given all of the laughing that he's done throughout. I'm
2: just like, I would just like to know what his mental illness technically was because maybe he needed to go to a mental hospital.
0: I know. And that's a sad thing now that he's in prison. I mean, they he's just going to sit in there with whatever mental illness he has. Right.
2: Which is what happens, but I am not, I don't necessarily feel bad for the guy, but no, I don't feel
0: bad for him. He, I mean, he killed his mother, but the thing that solidifies it is just the lack of remorse. And you can just tell how much he hates his mother, which leads me to, again, to think that maybe there was some marital issues. He was so close to his father devastated by that. And then he kills his mother. It's like, I feel like he had some sort of resentment, you know?
2: Yeah, I'd really like to know more about his mother's role in taking care of the father when he was sick and all of that.
0: That's yes. what I want to know. Right. And maybe once he died, she finally felt like she could live. And maybe some some kids that are dealing with that don't like to see their parents move on because yeah. it almost feels like you didn't care to begin with.
2: Yeah, but it's like, like <laughs> I don't know. I know like one of our doctors was a caregiver for her husband. Um, and then like, she travels a lot now with like her best friend and like, and she's like happy, but I think she saw her husband suffer for so long that it's more of like
0: oh yeah letting
2: them go when they die. It's like, okay, you're let go of your pain or whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But as a child, I don't know.
0: So it's a tricky one for sure. But to wrap this up, whether the murder was cold blooded or brought on by psychosis at the end of the day, it's a very tragic story of a family destroyed in multiple ways with the father dying, the mother, Zachary going to prison. Like there's just a lot of, the family has been torn apart in multiple yeah, crazy ways. I feel
2: bad for the brother. I'm like,
0: what the fuck? Me too. Fuck? And then to have that out there that he potentially raped him, like.
2: Well, they seem to have shut that down pretty quickly, but I mean, just, yeah, the fact
0: that that's. Even but still brought up and yeah. now we're reading about it, you know, it's just yeah. like. I did put at the end of this, if you or anyone you know is going through any sort of mental health issues, do not be afraid to get help that you need and speak up. We are all going through it. Yes. I didn't know that as, as many people were going through mental health as when I started. I had my first panic attack at Emily's house. She The only thing that helped me that night was grilled cheese and pickles. Remember? And my mom and, my mom and Josh and the lovely lady on the nurse hotline. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, get the help you need whenever you need it, however you need it, people are there. There's more people that are going through it than you actually realize. So don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Don't be afraid to reach out. You can reach out to us. We've had many people reach out to us and say, listening to your podcast has helped me get through whatever. And I'm like, I
2: think sometimes it's good just to, I mean, for me, like having someone else in my head besides myself is helpful.
0: Especially when, you know, somebody else is going through it and you're like, Oh my God, like, I'll text you, be like, oh, my God, I'm feeling anxious. Although, yeah. praise God, I haven't had. I have felt so good. Yeah, you have.
2: I think you're I'm on doing, the right.
0: I'm on the right track. <laughs> you're
2: on the right medication.
0: <gasps> actually, stop taking it.
2: Oh, good. I felt
0: like I could do it without it.
2: That's fabulous.
0: Fabulous. But, yeah, guys, thank you so much. Hope to see you soon. Don't forget to rate. Hope to see you soon. Yeah. Where are we going? <laughs> right.
2: Please don't, because I'll be scared if I see one of you.
0: Uh. Rate, review, and subscribe, honey. And share, right? And share. Rate, review, subscribe, share. Sharing is caring. Bye. Bye.